Jack stopped to buy some knockwurst and sauerkraut in a German delicatessen, eating them at the counter with an ale. When he left, feeling sage and prosperous, he saw a handsome girl passing the shop, carrying a wicker suitcase in one hand. Her strong face and bewildered eyes contradicted each other. Jack followed a few feet behind her, intrigued. He had done this many a time, sometimes meeting the appealing person behind the face, sometimes losing the face forever in the swirling crowds. The girl he was tailing appeared to be in her late teens, big tall, with dark curly hair and blue eyes, Irish coloring, but not an Irish face. She walked with long, firm strides, yet clearly did not know where she was. In her pocket was a yellow Guide to Greenwich Village with creased pages. Twice she stopped to consult it, comparing what she read to the unfamiliar milieu surrounding her. A sitting duck for fast operators, Jack thought. But something wary in the way she held herself and eyed the crowd told him she knew that much herself. She was trying to defend herself against them by suspecting every passerby of ulterior motives. At the first street corner, she nearly collided with a small crop-haired butch who said, Hi, friend, to her. The big girl stared for a moment, surprised and uncertain, afraid to answer. She moved on, crossing the street and detouring widely around a beat with a fierce beard who sat guarding his gouaches, watching her pass with a curious who-are-you look. Jack was amused at the girl's odd air of authority, the set of her chin, the strong rhythm of her walking. And yet, despite her efforts to look self-assured, she was clearly no native New Yorker. Her face, when he glimpsed it, was a map of confusion. Rather abruptly, as if suddenly tired, she stopped, and Jack waited discreetly behind her, leaning against a railing and lighting a cigarette, watching her with a casual air. She searched with travel-grimy hands for a cigarette in her pocket, but found only tobacco crumbs. Wearily, she let herself sag against a shop window, evidently convinced it was silly to keep marching in the same direction just because she had started out in it. Better to rest, to think a minute. Her gaze fell on Jack, who was studying her with a little smile. She looked square at him, and then her eyes dropped. He sensed something of her reaction. He was a strange man. She was a girl, forlorn and alone in a city she didn't know, and probably too damn poor to squander money on cigarettes. Jack strolled over to her, pulling a pack from his pocket and extending it with one cigarette bounced forward for her to take. She looked up, startled. She was four inches taller than Jack. There was a small pause, and then she shook her head and looked away, afraid of him. You'd take it if I were somebody's grandmother, he kidded her. Don't hold it against me that I'm a man. She gave him a tentative smile. Come on, take it, he urged. She accepted one cigarette, but still he held the pack toward her. Take them all. I have plenty. You look like you could use these. She obviously wanted to, but she said shyly in a round, low voice, Thanks, but I can't pay you. Jack chuckled. You're a nice girl from a nice family, he said. Know how I know? Oh, it's not because you want to pay for the pack. She looked at him with guarded interest. It's because you're afraid of me. No, it's true. That's the mark of a nice girl, sad to say. Men scare her. I can hear your mother telling you, Dear, never take presents from a strange man, right? She smiled at him. Close enough, she said softly, and inhaled some smoke with a look of relief. Well, consider this alone, he said, gesturing toward the cigarettes, and then he tucked them in her pocket next to the guide. She jumped at the touch of his hand. He felt it, but did not say anything. You're pretty new, aren't you? he said. 
I'm pretty used, if you want to know, she said ruefully. Jack laughed. How old? Seventeen? Do I look that young? She asked, dismayed. There was intelligence in her regular features, but a pleasant country innocence, too. And she was uncommonly handsome, with her black, wavy hair and restless blue eyes. Do you have a name? He asked. Do you? She countered, instantly defensive. He held out his hand affably and said, I'm Jack Mann. Does that make you feel any better? She took his hand, cautiously at first, then gave it a firm shake. Should it? She said. Only if you live down here, he answered. Everybody knows I'm harmless. She seemed reassured. I'm going to live here. I'm looking for a place now. She paused as if embarrassed. I do have a name, Bebo Brinker. He blinked. Bebo, he said. It used to be Betty Jean, but I couldn't say it right when I was little.